You are listening to KYRS Medical Lake Spokane, 88.1 and 92.3 FM. This is Outspoken. You are back. It's Hello. Awesome. Hi. It's another Sunday. It is. It and it's is. another amazing Outspoken. I have to say that I, I really feel yeah. like the title of our show it has never been more appropriate. <laughs> it really hasn't. Um, <laughs> I don't know about you, but I've seen our Facebook page. Oh, you just, preach, you preach. Just um, the thing is, we have had five days to kind of come down from everything, but that does not mean we are less passionate. Oh. And that does not mean we are less angry. We just know no. where to put it now. Yeah, we or know how to, how to do it and how, how to, to be graceful-ish. Graceful ish is the graceful way. adjacent. That's honestly, how you can always um, yeah. talk about our show is graceful adjacent ish. Yeah. We want to say one thing. So we do. We want to do the check in, like we always do the check in. Yes, Here's yeah, of course. Thing. So of course, a lot of people listen to our show. Is it's not shocking that mm-hmm. that our reaction to what happened on Tuesday. But one of the things, so we have things we still have to do. Yeah, we as still have a job to do, do here. As yeah. all of us yeah. do. And so we want, we were going to go down and mm-hmm. see Beautiful, and we do hope that you saw it, you had a chance to take uh, it, because it was worth it. It was beautiful. And it's the Carol King musical. Really? And it was beautiful. Awesome. Very well Guys. titled. <laughs> yeah. And we were going to go down, it was Wednesday. We went to opening night. Yes, we did. And I look at you, and I say, okay, we take selfies at events. It's, you know, this is what we do. This yeah, is just we our, have our, our picture taken, of course. Yeah, so, so how do we do that? And feel it just felt weird because of, because of everything all of the going emotions on. Yeah. and all of the things yeah. that we and and a great deal of uh, people are feeling. So how do we do that? And you came up with this because we we went because well, you not you only did to. we need it, but I mean we had to go, but we needed to go exactly. We yeah. needed to release emotionally, and I mean that's that's really the angle you have to take. Um, mm-hmm. Is this is something that you need to function right now? Right. Um, with everything going on, you need these these little moments to be human, to see the love, see the connection, and just to experience f- something good. Yeah. And one of the things I stated on, so I've had a lot, a lot of people. Apparently, I'm old, and I have a lot of friends in my life that I had forgotten were there. <laughs> Um, and so I've had a lot of, my inbox has been flooded with, um, with emails (laughs) and that's been hard for me because I will say, apparently I have cultivated a life without really thinking it was on purpose, but where I have a lot of people in my life that Mm -hmm. do not always see this eye to eye with me, which is pretty amazing that that can happen. And so I also apparently have cultivated this trust where they will ask me and they want a conversation. Mm-hmm. Sure. So Which that's is great. been bombarding. But last night, what was hard was trying, you say we've had five days to acclimate mm-hmm. to, and one of the things that I found was it, it's very easy, especially for you and I, very passionate individuals yes, to get are. lost in the fight and the, which is important and, and what we need to do now and how we take this day and move forward and mm-hmm. how we as, as an LGBT mm-hmm. community and beyond uh, need to come together in unity. And honestly, how we are able to bridge the divide, because that is exactly what our country is in Absolutely. right now. Divide. And how Absolutely. do we work together? Because the point is, we ain't getting anywhere. No. Unless we figure out how we can see each other and work together on both sides. And one of the things I realized was it's easy to lose touch with why, mm-hmm. with the whys, because you get lost in that. And last night, I sa- I texted you and I said, the the worst the wait oh the most awesome moment is when your passion and disappointment in people meets the grief of loss of a loved one, 
and it was me being sarcastic because it's the worst moment in the world yeah. because I remembered why. It's right. for the right. lucky being able to love as I have loved and then realizing that, oh, that gives me a lot of reason to fight. And mm-hmm. although it's an excruciating moment, we need to remember where we're at. And we need to remember exactly each other's right. humanity. We do. That's do not forget the that most we are all important. still human and we all still and we do have, have a heart and hopefully together. most of us want to love each other. Yeah, I, w- I would think so. It's hard you know, to see sometimes, but we do. It's hard for us to be in the situation where we are just fighting each other. Um, and it's hard to realize that sometimes those are your coworkers, your friends, your family. Uh-huh. Um, these are people that before this election, you may have never called those names. You no. would have been yeah. cur- courteous and friendly and loving Whoa. towards. And so I think I would encourage people to see that first. Yeah. See that first yeah. before yeah. you see um, X, Y, and Z and yeah. all the labels. I mean, here's the thing. Labels, you can't walk away from that. I'm always going to be a Russian immigrant gay man yeah. who is loud and passionate. That's fine. That's as long you. as you see me more than just my labels, yeah. we're fine. Please go beyond that. Yeah, Please we, see the humanity And first. I think it's the only way. I think one of the things we, we've talked about through the week is the one thing that I see is it's not, it's not hey. Yeah. Anymore, it's not about no. the people who are running for office. Absolutely. It has nothing. It has to do with how did we get here? Not just because this was elected, broken. but because exactly. if you look at our country, it's it's very well divided down the middle. Mm-hmm. And basically in our nation, we are two countries now. And that's why yeah. there's, and and let's be honest, there's violence on both sides. Neither side has any right to point the blame at the other one because right. uh, there's, right. we don't condone violence ever, ever on this show. And the violence that's happening is not, it's the worst of our humanity when it comes to the people who feel like the, the election went a different way than they wanted. Mm-hmm. But there's violence on the other side that we're not talking about. Uh, the stories you can get across the country where gay people and Muslims are, things are, in our own city yesterday, people yelling some things I can't say on the air and telling people to go start picking cotton again. Uh, there's kill the Jew on one of my friend's cars yeah. written in there. So here's the thing. What we have done is there's a problem. Right. And it's on both sides. We know it's here. Everybody sucks mm-hmm. right now. We, yeah, all, and so we all do suck. <laughs> we need to stop making it about whose fault it is and start talking about why. Why are we here? How did How we as do, a country become exactly. two fundamentally different parts and it's, where do we go from here? And how do we fix it together? We need to fix it together. How do we Absolutely. Fix it together? We have to come together and see yeah. that listen, we have to treat each other with respect. Yeah. You can you can disagree on yeah. all of those issues. You yeah. can disagree on how we, you know, have foreign policy, right. uh, economic stability, yeah. our environment, yeah. everything. You can disagree on those Basic human respect always has to be there, no matter what. And I what, think we have, no I mean, what. we have said it on the show over the years many times that we, we do not know how to see each other or talk to each other. And right. now I think we just, it's, it's because I was telling a friend the other day, we can't be shocked. You know, we can pretend and play and be like, I can't believe all of this violence is happening. No, actually, you can't say mm-hmm. that. The fact is we hoped it wouldn't, but it's here. It's so here. now, what do we do with it? Yeah. How do I have this conversation with you and you respect me and me respect you and find, first, we need to find we were, where we are more similar than we are unalike. Right. And we need to build from there because... We're a country divided, we and we have we to are. bring ourselves together. There's a really interesting video going on uh, around Facebook, and it's on it's on YouTube. You can go check it out. Um, but it's it's people that are so certain of who they are or what their ethnicity is or right. what their you know history is, right. and they they sit <gasps> I've down. Seen this. Yes, and oh, they they say, oh well, painful. well I'm Irish or I I'm right. English. I'm 100% German. And then yeah. they say, well, what's what's one you know group of people that you maybe disagree with? And you know they'll say, well, I don't like you know the Turkish people or, right. the, or, and they, and they really straight up, you know, say, well, 
you know, a, yeah, a guy from India says, I don't sure. like I don't like Pakistani because they do have a very long history yeah. of fighting each other. And then they do a DNA test and they figure find out that, oh, wait, I'm 32 percent Pakistani and I'm only 25 percent uh, Indian. And so, you know, you find out that. Listen, listen, <laughs> Jonathan, calm down. that Pakistani? <laughs> <laughs> I said Pakistani. No, um, you're making a good point, but you know you, you always back, so. ruining these <laughs> good points. Um, you really do have to consider no, that yes. that you are more than just what you think Here, you are. I have no control We're over my history, so we have all going. things that happened in my past, like people mixing it up. So we can't. We are more like each right. other. <laughs> yeah. We are more like each other, whether we, whether we want to believe mm-hmm. it or not. So maybe we should just be human. Yeah. Maybe we should figure out a way to be human together. And maybe I'm just gonna say this real quick. Huh? Yeah. Maybe sorry. do not send me a letter ever. I'm just gonna give you some advice right now. Never send me a letter that tells me that I'm overreacting because you already started with disrespecting where I'm coming from. Absolutely. Here, I'm gonna yes. respect where you're coming 100%. from. But do not I don't think you have the right ever to tell anybody, and that's in this situation or any other situation, Anything, yeah. that you need tell someone in grief. Uh, if someone would have told me when Tim died, you need to just suck it up because you are over. No, see, you don't get to say that because no. you don't have my experience. So the first place we need to start is respecting each other as people and say, you have a right to your feelings right mm-hmm. now, and I have a right to mine. Respect and it is that. that. Rumi has the most, Rumi was a Muslim poet, and he has the most amazing quote that I live by, which is, outside the realm of wrongdoing and rightdoing lies a field, and I'll meet you there. Mm-hmm. Because it's all a matter of your perspective. It is. So what you it see is. is wrong here, or what see is right, is your, is your experience and your perspective and your teachings. But in the end, as human beings... I'm going to step outside of that and be able to somehow find a way to connect with you, but you need to agree to meet me out in that field. Because in the end, we all have these amazing different views of life. But until we can respect that that's okay, that my path does not align with yours, and it's beautiful that you have different ways of seeing things, if we can't get that right, we will destroy ourselves. Mm -hmm. So let's start with that. Let's start with respect. And then find a way forward. There is not an easy answer. No. But we've got to find a way to step forward in unity and hope. That's the only That's way. That's it. That's the That's only it, answer. Unity we have to hope. do that. We have to do yeah. that. I agree. I agree. Um, there's a, th- let's, let's play, let's start with this We're going to pass the offering plate now and have a hymn. Yeah. Because I feel like I was my daddy there. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, let's play with uh, the, what opened last night for SNL, I think, um, is one of the <gasps> most, uh, it's, it's very this, somber and it is, yeah, it's very meaningful and kind of just, um, uh, you know, echoes what our country is feeling right now, or some yeah. of our country is yeah. feeling right now. It's a humanizing moment, it is a and humanizing SNL moment. did it in a mm-hmm. in a beautiful way. And it's gonna—it's Kate McKinnon who uh, has played you know Hillary Clinton on SNL for the last you know year over over the course of the election, and she is um, performing Hallelujah. Uh, so here it is. We're gonna listen to that. You are back with KYRS Medical Lake Spokane 88.1 and 92.3 FM. That was Kate McKinnon that on was. Saturday Night Live. The most important phrase, first of all, it was a beautiful song. Second of all, and it has a lot of meaning. It does. <laughs> now it that does. The, everything's gone down. But the most important thing she said is, I haven't given up and neither should you. None of us should give up on no. our country. And none of us should give up on working together. Exactly. And f- seeing In fact, each other. If anything, this should be the impetus to us getting together and yeah. working together yeah. and starting fresh because clearly we've seen that there's a problem in this country. Both yeah. sides have voiced that. That's mm-hmm. clear. Let's fix it. 
I agree. So now we are going to uh, talk to Harmony Santana. She is an actress most noted for her role in the film Gun Hill Road, which garnered her an Independent Spirit Award nomination for Best Supporting Actress. This made her the first openly trans actress to be nominated for a major award in the U.S. When not acting in films or shows like Transparent, she is an activist. To talk to us more about her career and her road to activism, we are very proud to welcome Harmony Santana to Outspoken. Harmony, are you there? Yes, I am. Can you hear me? We can. Can Hi. you hear us? Awesome. Hi, guys. Thank you for having me on your show. Well, thank you for taking time to be with us. And we're first of all, I just want to start with when the director of Gun Hill Road, Rashad Ernesto Green, found you, you were living in... Green Chimneys, which is a group home for LGBT youth in Manhattan. Can you lead us up to, first of all, how you came to live there? Um, Okay, well, before I lived in um, Green Chimneys, um, I was having issues with my mom's boyfriend boyfriend at the time. Mm -hmm. And there there was a moment where I had, like, left, for the weekend to New York to hang out with my friends and I came back and my window was shut down with like wood or like oh, wood wow. panels that way you know I couldn't get back inside the house yeah sure and um so I kind of like was dealing a lot with that whole situation my mom was accepting but her boyfriend was um not so accepting and then mm-hmm. after high school I ended up just packing my bags to New York and it was tougher than I expected, <laughs> right. but um, I ended up going to a shelter called um, the Covenant House, mm-hmm. which is on 41st Street in the city. And um, from there, it was like a transitional thing that they said they, were, they looked for an LGBT kind of home for me. Right. And that's where the chimneys came about. And at the time, that was like the risk. It was like, the, you know the it spot to go. So I was like right. dying to sure. get in and I right. did and um so it was a really good learned a lot. Right. It was yeah. a really good place to end up in, in a situation that wasn't that wasn't necessarily filled with a lot of hope. <laughs> right. Um wow. Wow. they they were the ones that kind of like helped me with my transition. Right. Mm-hmm. As far right. as like of getting me legal help, you know, right. appointing me to the right doctor to get my medicine and Mm-hmm. You know, I'm really, really grateful for Green Chimney. That's amazing. And and your story didn't, you know, stop there because uh, Rashid uh, Ernesto Green discovered you at the Queen's Pride Parade uh, after he had trouble finding the right person for that role. How did he approach you, you know, to be in this film? And what was going through your mind at that time? I mean, it was so pivotal in your career. Um, well, he just came up to me. Yeah. Uh, I was on, my, on like a cigarette break. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. um, I was working a booth for HIV awareness and trying to get people to come get tested and handing out condoms. And Rashad came by with um, a flyer and he was explaining who was on it and everything. He mm-hmm. looked like he was interested in me. Mm-hmm. So I just stood up and he asked me to remove my glasses. I did. And he was like, oh, my God, you're like perfect. I hope you can come in and audition. And to be honest, it's something I've always kind of dreamed of doing. So I was yeah. like. I was a little scared that it was just going to be like a student film, something not right, so, sure. you know. And um, so I just ended up taking a chance, and he loved me. He told me to come back in for a second audition, and mm-hmm. 
but this time just as a female, as because at the time I I wasn't transitioning yet. Mm-hmm. Sure. I decided to. I just haven't, you know, right. made the move. So I came back in the next day, um, just as a girl, and he told me I got the role. And then he told me everything that was going to happen from there on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, before you crazy. even before you got that road in in that role in Gun Hill Road, and you said you had dreamed of something like that. Did you ever think it would actually happen? And in such a crazy way, in that you know you're just basically living your life, yeah. and he plucks you out of it. Did that? Did you ever imagine that would be how it would happen? <sighs> Never in a million years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Especially like at the pride parade, you know, you just that's not even on your mind. Right. They're happy to be you, you know. Um, but I. My latest memory, I would say, I was I was like on the living room floor watching That's a Raven. Oh yeah, and wishing that I could have be on a TV show like her and right, crazy right. and funny like her. And I always wanted to, and I, then I told my mom and everything mm-hmm. that we kind of tried was kind of like um, you know you have to pay and right yeah it just seemed sure. like a scam. Sure. So I ended up just putting that behind me. I was like, you know, that's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. And look. Yeah. Yeah. And, and where you are now. What happens and, now. And you've also been in, so you've done a few of the eating out movies as well. And how, so how has the career path for you moved forward? Is there, is there more to come? Uh, where, where, where are you doing? Yes. Um, after Gun Hill Road, um, they picked me up for the eating out series and I did the last two for them, um, which was crazy because we filmed at the same time. Um, oh wow yeah it was the hardest one of the hardest things i've done because like we would go from like filming the part four which is drama camp and yeah. then we w- we'd go down to uh uh like down south more more south of los angeles and um mm-hmm. from the open weekend and then we'd go back up to la and so finish drama camp it was sure it was craziness um but after that, you know, I ended up trying to move to Hollywood, mm-hmm. and I lasted maybe a few months there. Mind you, I, I left New York, and I left Green Chimney to go to Hollywood Chase the Dream with $200 right. in my pocket. Right. It was just insane. I was just young and crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But um, one of my brothers ended up passing away, oh, and sorry. it was a little hard to deal with. Sure. Being like across the country from all your family, oh, and yeah. Yeah. something like that happening, and uh, my family ended up buying me a flight and bringing me back home to Jersey, and um, I've kind of like laid low a little bit, and I've, right. I've I've had the time to transition in private mm-hmm. um, a little bit, which I think we all need to remember exactly. when sometimes we have to step step away from the craziness of our lives. Yeah, to take care just, of ourselves. It was, to take I was time really, for ourselves. Yeah. really overwhelmed. Yeah. Um, it was hard to deal with. I just needed to be with family, and mm-hmm. little by little, you know, I'm getting. I got used to. It. I mean, it's still fresh to me. This was years ago. Yeah, maybe three yeah. years ago. Um, it just feels fresh, you know. It just. It was very hard to deal with, but I didn't stop acting completely. I I just stuck to mm-hmm. short. Sure, right. And, you know, keeping me in the loop. Right, exactly. Um, and now are you so are recently, you back out there? Yeah. Yes, I am now. I am moved back out here to L.A. and I have a new manager. I have a new agent. 
whole new team nice. oh, ready God. to hit it. And yeah. that's all I've been doing this year. I awesome. think that's amazing. Now, there's another side. Obviously, there's more to our lives than certain things. But you've said that you were driven to activism because of your time living at Green Chimneys in Manhattan. Can you yes. speak to us about your activism and why that was such a, a pivotal moment for yourself to make that decision to be an activist? Um, living in a shelter, I saw so many stories. Not just my transgender story or another transgender story. There was gay, there was people, um, you know, living with HIV. There was people... <laughs> Mm-hmm. You still there? Just the homeless oh. youth. I, I didn't, I didn't, you know. Yeah, I went to a shelter, but I didn't expect to see so many ho- homeless youth there. Uh, right, right, right. LGBT homeless youth as well, and it's just, it was mind-boggling to me. And I knew that I just had to step up and do something. So I'd, I'd always sure. go to the marches when they like announce them. I'd always go to the rallies and you know protest this, protest that, and. I was doing it. I yeah, was out yeah. there. Well, and being an activist is no no easy uh, calling. And recently, I mean, with everything going on with our presidential election, um, mm-hmm. it's gotten a lot harder. What do you What do you think the road ahead looks for us, um, especially in the LGBT community? I mean, to be honest, um, I'm a little afraid myself. Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, I'm a, I'm kind of afraid for my own safety yep. in a way. Right. I just I just know that we have to stay hopeful. You know, yes. I even yes, thought about do. my career. Is it is it even worth me continuing my career? And right. what if there's a target on my back for being just transgender or being Latina? Yeah. Sure. Um, yeah. And then I saw an interview with. Chelsea lately. I, I yes, I love mm-hmm. Chelsea. And she was saying how she wanted to just leave to Absolutely. Spain or something yeah. and that her producers and everybody just told her, this is when you have to stay. Now you have a voice and you use your platform. Right, you and platform. All that resonated with me and I just stuck in it. I was like, you know what? No matter who's president right now, I can do something. Good. I'm, and, I'm glad you, oh, you I'm have that. Conviction. And Harmony, there has been, you know, there's been so much forward momentum, not only in the LGBT movement, but in the trans movement specifically. Mm-hmm. So we really hope at Outspoken that you continue to do the work that you have been noticed oh. for because you're you're good at it and you're talented yeah. and that needs to be what defines and us. We not need people like that. These labels and and we support you 100% here and we thank you so much for talking to us here on our show. Oh, thank you guys. I really 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 appreciate talking to you. Hey, any new projects you got, you just give us a call. That's right. We got you. For sure. <laughs> All right. <laughs> thank you, you guys so much. Guys. Thank you. You have a wonderful day. And that was Harmony Santana. She was the first uh, actress to be nominated for a major award in the U.S. who is an openly trans actress. She's going to be doing a lot more uh, in the future. And, you know, that's what we're here yeah. is to celebrate and lift up those that are out there. Exactly. It isn't exactly. easy to be a voice. Uh, so you got to no. support those mm-hmm. that are willing to do it. I just want to say um, really quick, we want to mention that if that there is a post-election peace march that's happening Saturday, November 19th. That is the Saturday it's going to happen between 1 and 4. Uh, we will have uh, our interns put up the website. They are not announcing where yet, just for safety purposes. Um, but you can go to this website. They will announce it the day before. Um, 
it's important. Listen, the f- most important part of that sentence of post-election peace march is peace. Peace. We must exactly. stand apart. And being violent is not going to help anything. But having your voice heard as an American is important. And anybody needs to have the right to do that. Mm-hmm. So we are supporting. Sergey and, and I will be at this uh, post-election peace march. But it is so important that it is a peaceful demonstration to show That's right. unity That's together. Right. We need to remember the words unity and hope as we move forward. But uh, please join that Facebook page mm-hmm. and so that you can join us there. So far, there's going to be about 400 people there. Um, it's going to be a beautiful thing. And here's the thing. I always tell my friends who want to talk to me that I'm willing to talk, and I'm going to be respectful, uh, but I'm going to be passionate. I am going to be bold, but I'm going to hear them. But in the end, if you want to talk to me and hear me and ask me as a gay man, which is they want me to represent that and that's fine i'll take it but please know one thing i will always tell you the truth of what i think i can do that and still be respectful but if that's what you want if you can agree to that terms and know that i'm going to say things you probably are going to call me you know stupid for or you don't agree but we're going to have that conversation but one of the other things i want to say is i'm in a place right now and i'm not ready to make nice and to that effect all of us are feeling lots of feelings Right now, we are going to have on our favorite guest every month we have him on. He's wise uh, beyond my years. <laughs> it, it is Damon L. Jacobs. Damon, welcome back. Is that your way of saying I'm old? <laughs> no, I was, no, I will tell you this, though. He I was telling someone the other day, I'm like, how can I, we are the same age, and how can I look like he looks? <laughs> you, need to, you need to share your secret. I'm just saying. Pleasure. Pleasure and purpose, my friend. I love it. I love it. Well, one of the things I want to start with before we begin is obviously uh, a lot of us, especially in the LGBT community, are still Mm. reeling after Tuesday. I think it's just a lot of realizations happening and a lot of fear. Um, And you released two videos the next day um, that were beautifully stated uh, and a way to kind of, I mean, I think obviously you were coping. uh, It was a little teary in part of it, but also a way to try to give hope to those that are so scared right now. And really, that's the theme of what we're going to be talking about uh, today with you. Yes, and I, thank you. Thank you for just seeing the videos. Um, I was really in shock still yeah, when, I wrote, uh, when I made those that of morning, um, as we all were, as yeah. a lot of us were, after yeah. not sleeping that night before, just in shock yeah. that we were seeing what we were seeing, that this actually played out the way it's played out. Yeah. Um, and, and what I mentioned, and I think what's really important going forward, is that we remember at the base, at the core of who we are, of who we want to be, of what we want to see is love. Mm-hmm. And love doesn't mean that we just sit around and sing Kumbaya and do nothing. Love <laughs> right, no. for the next 1,461 days, exactly. which is four years. Mm-hmm. Love might look different. It might look like a very action-oriented task. It might look like fighting. It might look like protesting. It might look like writing letters, statements, mm-hmm. donating money, organizing. Sure. Yeah. But it's going to call upon us a different set of skills than we've than for some people have been practicing for a lot of the last eight years. Right. And since I made those videos, I've had a little time to also come up with some more strategies that I'd like to talk to please. you guys yes, before we please. get into some of the, the, the questions, if that's all right with you. Definitely. Yes, 100%. You know, so, so what I've been focusing on now is helping people deal with their PTSD, mm-hmm. right. which usually means 
post-traumatic stress disorder, but right. from here on out, it's going to be President Trump stress disorder. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, I have that. So yeah. how we're going to cope with President Trump stress disorder, PTSD, yes. mm-hmm. over the next four years. Yeah. And, you know, this is going to be a work in progress, but I've, I've come up with the three R's. Okay. The three R's of coping with PTSD, okay? And the first of these R's is to stay grounded in reality. Yes. Okay. What is really happening right mm-hmm. now, here and now, in the present, not what we think might happen, yes. not what we're catastrophizing might happen, yep. not what the media or Rachel Maddow or the New York Times says could right. happen, but what's really happening today, what is in front of us today. Okay. Because mm-hmm. this is what I'm seeing now in these last four days cause incredible suffering yeah. in people who are catastrophizing and worrying mm-hmm. and depressed and miserable and already relapsing on drugs and threatening yeah. suicide. And you know what? The dude isn't even president yet. Right. Okay? right. He's not even, he hasn't done anything. And yeah. people are like going through the sky is falling and nothing is happening today. Yeah. So we want to stay in the present and we want to remember the fact that if you're feeling alienated and, oh my God, this is not my country. This is your country. Over half of the people voted for Clinton. She won. Let's not forget the fact. This is a fact. She won. Her message won. Mm -hmm. His message of hate did not win. Mm -hmm. Right? Now, he's going to be elected. Yes. But he didn't win. Mm -hmm. And that means over half of the voting public in America voted for a message that was more about unity and diversity Mm -hmm. and respect Mm -hmm. and consideration and, Mm -hmm. and moving forward. Over half the people who voted wanted that. Yes. Let's remember that, because that's real. And also, let's just remember, historically, we've been here before. Yes. We, you know, the same stuff was Sadly. happening when, when Bush Jr. got elected the second time, when mm-hmm. Reagan was elected. And I wasn't old, old enough to remember Nixon, but the right. generation before me said it was the same thing that they dealt with then. Yeah. They didn't have Facebook or Rachel Maddow back then. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Right. So we've been here before. We've been here before. Not exactly like this, but we have been here before. Mm -hmm. We can get through this. So that's the R, okay? Mm -hmm. That's reality. Okay. The second R is responsibility. I, you, all of us are 100% responsible for our mental and emotional well-being. We always have been. We always will be. And Mm -hmm. if we look to Congress or the rights of others (laughs) or we look to the right wing or to the left wing to take care of us or emotional well-being, we will suffer. Yeah. Yeah, right. Right? So yes. our personal health and wellness is always going to be our own responsibility. I'm not the first person to say this. I'm not the last person to say this. Mm-hmm. Viktor Frankl wrote about this in Man's Search for Meaning, right. which is about finding meaning and purpose in the middle of a concentration camp right. in the 1940s. Nelson Mandela wrote about this in Long Walk to Freedom. Tina Turner wrote about this in I, Tina. Yes. There are many, many examples of people who have survived far worse circumstances right. and come to live to tales to talk about full responsibility for mental and emotional and spiritual clarity. Right. Because it will not be provided for you from the outside. It won't. Never. And the next day, mm-hmm. 1,461 days are going to be opportunities to truly put these principles into motion that other people have been doing for decades and centuries before yeah. us. Mm-hmm. That might also mean turning off the TV or not looking at Facebook if everyone is saying the sky is falling and mm-hmm. you don't want to be in that mode. That is your responsibility. Because Donald Trump cannot make you talk to people on Facebook. He can't make you argue no. with people on Facebook. He can't make you watch The Sky is Falling TV. He mm-hmm. can't do that unless you do that. Yeah. And the last R of the three R's, reality, responsibility, the last one is relationships. Because relationships is what we're talking about. Relationships are so important. And it can be loving relationships. They can be sexual relationships. They can be political relationships. But 
over half of this country wanted a positive, loving, forward, progressive change. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be through our relationships that we will make that change possible in 2020. But Mm -hmm. it's going to mean that we need to be a little more patient and empathic and compassionate than we've been the last eight years when things are going well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so easy sure. for minority groups, for, for get lesbians and gays and women and people of color to, to fight with one another when things are going well. Yeah, and we, we can't have afford that right now. Thought, yeah. We can't afford that right now. Sure. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to re- learn to work together in coalition and organize yes. together yes. to see this change in 2020. Hallelujah. In a way that we haven't had to do for like a really long time. Exactly. Right. So reality, responsibility, and relationships. These are the three R's that are going to help us cope with PTSD over these next four years. And I'm grateful if we have to be in this fight, and I'm in it with Jonathan and right. Sergey yeah, and Lady Gaga right. and Cher and that's Michelle right. Obama. Yes. If I have to be on one Let's side go. of the fence, I'm really glad <laughs> to be on the side of the fence with all of you. Exactly. Uh, hallelujah so, to that. It's the fabulous Question side. for that. So for activists like, you know, you just mentioned all of us, how do we keep in the present and realize what's happening now, but also prepare for the future? Because, you know, we do have to be somewhat, you know, forward looking and forward thinking when it comes to activism. And we do have to, I mean, listen, we are going to have to do something here. And binding together and standing in unity is important. How do we make sure we reach that balance? So, for example, here's little details. For example, the Affordable yeah. Care Act is threatened. Sure. I might lose yes. my insurance. Right. I might lose access to PrEP. Right, right. Uh, there's 100,000 of us on PrEP in the United States right now, yeah. and a lot of us are accessing that through our insurance, which we might right. lose. Right. What can we do about that? We don't know that's going to happen. It's no guarantee that's going to happen. But right. if it does, how do we stay present and aware of what could happen? Do something simple. I am recommending everyone who uses PrEP right now refill your prescriptions and stockpile. Whether you're using it daily or not, stockpile it now because it's not a guarantee we're going to lose it, Mm -hmm. but we could. And that's one simple action that we can take while we have the privileges that we have that would pay off in the event that we lose this privilege and we lose this access. Sure, sure. It's a simple, small thing. It's not changing the world, but it's a simple thing that every one of us on PrEP can do right now to try to help ourselves, or if we're not needing PrEP, that we might need to help our brothers and sisters who do need PrEP and can't access it. Yeah, very true. Okay? For for those of us who are really concerned about women and reproductive rights, it's to begin to organize, to talk with Planned Parenthood, support Planned Parenthood, Mm -hmm. and think about how we're going to help women access safe abortions if Roe versus Wade is overturned. Right. I don't yeah. have an answer for that yet, but I'm actively asking these questions now. Mm. Not because it's a guarantee that right. we're going right. to lose right. Roe versus Wade, but we could. Yeah. And, and being prepared happens, is 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 a responsible thing to be. It's being prepared. Yeah. You know, it doesn't mean right. freaking out and, you know, building your bomb shelter. It means just be prepared for what you need to be. For what no, you I agree right. with you 100%. And part of Sergey and I's, of course, you know, we had to roll out our own plan. Um, and part of that is saying, because we believe mm-hmm. in unity and the only way forward is through love and to finding our commonality together. But one of the things is, you know what? We need to get together and support those leaders who are progressive and wise and passionate and even the ones who aren't leaders yet. But cultivate them now. We need to get behind them now. It is the only that's the army we need, an army of positive change. So let's support yeah. those around us that can help bring that. And I think it's important now more than ever if you, if, you, if you are those people and you have a calling mm-hmm. to leadership now's the time to uh, surround yourself with those who, who understand and who support you that's right that's right 
it's all of these things. It's part of the relationship. It's it's celebrating the leaders, the organizers. Yeah. It's, it's even when we are in disagreement with one another yep. that we still find paths together that find exactly. some common ground and respect for differences. That's not always the case when things are going well. Right. And no. sometimes in activism and politics, say it's my way, all or nothing. <laughs> right. And we yeah. sometimes have the yeah. luxury to do that when we have certain rights that are guaranteed. But we don't have rights that are guaranteed now. No, we don't. And, and that, that's a problem, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I think that uh, maybe you have answered it with the PTSD plan, um, but I think we need to get to some of the questions that our listeners have asked, um, which really sure. reflect everything we've been talking about. Um, this this listener says, "I'm used to disagreeing with my family, finding a happy place of neutrality with them, but since the election, I find it extremely difficult to just agree to disagree about a vote for Trump. I feel angry and betrayed on a level I've never felt before." The more I try to justify their stance with me, uh, the more all I see is ignorance and lack of understanding in my life. The happy place is not there anymore, and I am not sure how to deal. Help. Okay, I'm so glad this person is asking this question, because clearly many, many people, especially with the holidays coming up, are, are wondering exactly the same thing. And, you know, Jonathan, before the, the commercial, you articulated something really well, and I think you actually said it better than I can say it. You know, we can have these discussions, but you need to know, right now I'm angry, right now I'm hurt, right now I'm upset. Yeah. I may, how that's going to play out in our discussion, I don't know. <laughs> um, we also then, this, you know, I, when you were playing the Dixie Chicks, it reminded of me of, of what powerful um, art and music came about during the last time we were in a pretty yeah. dark era in this yeah. country, which was during Bush and mm-hmm. the Second Gulf War. But in terms of dealing with family, it's okay. So remember, we have been here before historically. We are not going to, I mean, some people may not be able to get there with their family. They just may not. And it may not be safe and it may not be comfortable. And I'd say, people may disagree with me, but I'd say if you can't get there, if you can't have a discussion with your family that's, that's based in the space of being able to talk about this issue and if it's going to come up, you might decide not to participate in as many holiday activities this year. You may decide to say no or I can't. And if you're making that decision, I want to encourage people, just do that with love. You can say no. You can say no with love. You can say I can't do it this year with love. You don't have to blame anybody or make anything wrong to say I can't come home this year. I cannot be emotionally in that space where Trump was elected. Mm-hmm. If that's the situation. But if you also want to, there's another option, yeah. which is to say, how do people change their minds? Like, really, mm-hmm. historically, how do people switch from fear to love, from mm-hmm. hate to compassion? How do people do that? Yeah. Usually it's because they have a loved one or a relative or right. someone they care about who's hurt, who's in yeah. pain. Who says, when you take away my civil rights, you're, it, it hurts. Yeah. It hurts me. Sure. And yes. Yes. that might be a way to begin a conversation. What do you right. think? You know, I, I, I think that we've come to a place where the people who get it, get it. And the people who don't, I think, need to see the final straw. And I think you're right that it's, it comes down to your loved ones hurting. Mm-hmm. And it's the, here's, here's reality. Here's right. what we're looking at. And, you know, well, and I think understanding the pain, if we learned anything from our road to the Supreme Court the first time. Yes. Um, it's that, you know, this tactic of it's the stories, it's the love, it's the personal is really what did it, which it's changing hearts and minds, as they used to say, 
all the time. Now I will be the first. So I've, you know, I I talked about how people are writing me letters and uh, and they always tend to say they start with "You're my only gay friend" or any of these amazing ways to start, and they want to know uh, you as my only representative of the gay community. I want to know why you're scared. And one of the things is, I think I was telling Sergey the day I. I make sure I write back because I, I do believe that's my responsibility. But then I need to know when it's time to breathe because sometimes it's exhausting and I can't. And you need to be mm-hmm. surrounded mm-hmm. by your your like-minded and the people who love and you. And the support. Yeah. But it is important that if you do have the strength to have the conversations out of love, to have the con- the real conversations where you listen to each other, even though in the first conversation you might change not change a thing. But it is important that if you can, do it. But... If you can't, don't push yourself there. Don't, you know, should yourself into yes. to situations yeah. that exhaust you, you know, and, and it's that balance. And me, as Sergey tells me many a times, I'm not good at the balance because I just want to go in. But at the end of the day, I'm exhausted and that does no one any good. So you have to find your balance. You, you do what you can. You do what you can. Right. And to be forgiving of yourself. Yes. If you can't yes. do it. Yeah. You can't get there. We got four years here, folks. Let's right. get safe ourselves. <laughs> yeah. There will I mean, be a time. That's yeah. right. Hopefully there will be a time. But if you can't get there this year, yeah. be good to yourself. It's okay. And, you know, we I spoke earlier, um, in a, and we were talking about holidays. That yeah. Sometimes holidays are a time to consider what new rituals or new traditions yeah. right. might serve you. Right. And yeah. that may not always include the family. Yeah. It's a traditional family unit. Yeah, and I get this person feels angry and yeah. betrayed, and mm-hmm. and we are collectively experiencing a level of that. Yes, yes. I think the difference is some of us old folks have felt this before. We've right. been here before. Look, I had a major falling out with my parents in 1991 when Bush oh, Sr. Yeah. was president, mm-hmm. and he was like, let's kill people in the Gulf War, the first one, and I was yeah. 19 and capable of being drafted at the time. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people had that concern. support of that, mm-hmm. and we had some big problems around the table. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Oh, family. So, and I'm... eventually, over time and, and the outcomes, I came to understand that they're allowed to have views that are different than right. mine. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, you know, they were... They were reacting to what they perceived to be, what they were told was reality at that time, and it was very fearful. And Bush Sr. and Bush Jr. both used a lot of fear to try to get people to advocate violence. And if we want to be catalysts for people not reacting to fear, it means all of us deciding not to react to fear ourselves. Yes, and And not to go from that. Yeah. That is not an easy. No, no, not at all. And it actually is a. It's a daily, you know, choice. It is. You have to make the choice daily that I will not come from fear. That's right. And and it's not easy because it's a base emotion. It's it's a knee jerk reaction in so many human beings. But you're right. I agree. Now I'm going to get to another question one of our listeners has, and they're all themed very much, obviously, the same way. Um, I've been best friends with this girl since fifth grade. She and her family have always been conservative, and I'm not. But we've always respected the other's opinions. Recently, she's very excited about Trump being elected and doesn't seem to understand why I'm terrified by it because a bunch of things he and Pence plan to do would have serious effects for myself and a bunch of people that I love. How do I even start the conversation with her? Well, okay. So, yeah, of course, we're seeing some themes here, right? How do we mm-hmm. communicate with people? So that's, you know, how do we have relationships with people right. when there's difference, especially like this? So in this case, I would tell this person, consider, if you can do this, before you speak to this friend from fifth grade, 
try to breathe and get to a point of releasing attachment. Yeah. You don't have to change her mind. You don't have to change her heart. All you yeah. have to do, if you have this talk with her, is just share your mind and share your heart. Just mm-hmm. use I statements here mm-hmm. to say what your experience is. You don't have to, sh- and, and please do not should her right. or condemn her if she yeah. feels differently or she thinks differently. Mm-hmm. And here's a tool, and this is a really, you know, this is a, a therapy tool to try to enhance empathy on her part. If you say to her, I'm scared because my civil rights, my ability to marry could be taken mm-hmm. away. If you were me, would you be scared? Yeah, sure. That is an right. actual really good good having yeah. them. Or be if, in your if shoes. you were me and you weren't scared, how? How how would you not yeah, be how did you scared? get there? Right. right. How would you not be scared right now if you were in my position? Sure. And if you're, you know, he's talking about talking to a woman here. It's like, okay, you know, your rights to to have control over your reproductive organs are mm-hmm. in jeopardy. Are mm-hmm. you scared? And if you're not, how? How can you not be scared right yeah. now? How have you so gotten just, there? Not in an accusing way, but just in a way that's honestly, genuinely curious and begins yeah. a conversation that's about an exchange of ideas, experiences, and thoughts. Not one person telling the other what they should be thinking and feeling. Yes, sure. And that right. is important. And that's important that you're honest with yourself if you're able to do that, because really that's, you're right. In that conversation, it needs to be an exchange where you each hear each other. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we need to be honest if we can have that conversation, if we can be open enough out of love to lead from love, because sometimes maybe, you know, it's too raw and and you go into that conversation and, and you, you just are unable at that time. Just be honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Well, and take the time that you need to deal yeah. with, you know, the raw. I mean, so many of us this week have had to take, you know, hours away or days yeah. away. Or, you know, this whole week maybe off from, from Facebook, right. from all these places, because we can't deal with it in a positive way right. maybe or at well, all. Well, and mentioning, you mentioned PTSD earlier. I was reminded the other night is the biggest fight I ever had with my father well, was the ongoing fight was the theme of our relationship, which is I needed him to see his son and not the issues he placed upon me. And I feel like it's, mm-hmm. it's all of a sudden I'm back there and I'm having to ask people to see me as a human being and not the issues that they want to place upon me as a gay man. And so it is PTSD of it was hard enough the first time, um, you know, that now we have to go to go back there. So, and, and I say a million times as well, if there is a huge, just a huge population of people who are scared your reaction should be to why to understand why because all of the population if there's smoke there's some fire and it's better if we try to understand each other than to just you know disregard it as you're you're overreacting or you're obviously we're scared for yeah. a reason how do we understand each other here right right and how do we not react to maybe the natural impulse to condemn others yeah. when blame. they think and yeah. feel differently Exactly. Whether they're whichever side of the political fence they're exactly. on, the left sure. or the right. How sure. do we go about trying to create something different so that we can see yes. a difference in the world? Yes. I think that's what a lot of us were hoping we would see yeah. in right. this election. Right. We were hoping that messages of unity and diversity would um, win out over messages right. of hate. And of course, they did win out. So let's be really clear: right. those messages did win out. Yes, they did. And now we need to deal with going it. to be elected. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's important that we just continue to love and 
and talk to each other. Uh, blaming has never solved anything. Blame comes out of fear, comes out of needing. And I think the most important lesson I've learned from what has happened is we have cultivated a country that's about my side and your side. Mm-hmm. It's not about mm-hmm. unity. And maybe we need to look at why it's about sides. It's less about the two people who are in, who ran for an office, and more about what it means that we are divided. Right. It so really does. Beautifully yeah. stated. Beautifully Thank you, stated. Thank you. You and I can write a book later. I'm, I'm, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll do it. Well, Damon, thank you so much for helping our listeners uh, with this conversation and this, because as you have stated, I mean, we have to figure out how to move forward together. And some Mm -hmm. of that is in this time, how do we deal with the emotions that we're feeling uh, in this moment? And thank you so much for helping us navigate. And our listeners and everybody. And no doubt you, you've got a lot of people, uh, you know, keeping your life very busy right now with that very question. Yeah. And, we, and we're in this together, again, yes. the relationships. We are in this together. We're going to deal with this for 1,461 days together. Yes, we, we will. Exactly. 1,461 days absolutely miserable, sufferable, and be miserable. Or we can really look deeper at the issues that you're bringing up, that I'm bringing mm-hmm. up, mm-hmm. about how to reevaluate yes. mm-hmm. where we're at, where we're going, how we work together, sure. and take responsibility for our minds, for our hearts. and um, Exactly help each other ascend from here. Exactly. See, I'm so glad that that, that, uh, the fabulousness of us (laughs) get to join forces with the great Gaga and Cher and Michelle. Well, you're part of it. You guys have energy. You have a voice. You have a microphone. We have technology. I mean, you guys are central to this. Yeah. Hey, we all gotta we gotta recognize what we can do and your do power, what we exactly, can do with what we have power, in our absolutely. lives. So yeah. I agree. Thank you, mm-hmm. sir, so much. Thanks, guys. <laughs> you have a great day. Bye. Talk to you soon. Mm-hmm. Bye bye. And that was Damon L. Jacobs. I our, love him. Yeah, he is our sex therapist. And um, our just overall therapist. And overall therapist. Honest. At this point, yeah, we just need therapy, period. <laughs> and he's good. And he is, he is good. good. Remember, check out his books. I wanna remind you, absolutely shouldless. You can get that book or um um, my b- mind went blank. Absolutely shitless. Um, or oh my gosh, what is? I just book? read this book. It's, yeah, we both did. Just it, look up Damon L. Jacobs I, no, no, on no, Amazon.com. On. You'll find his book. Rational relating. Rational relating. Rational relating. Gross, which it's is a great book. book as well. Um, so. I love it. Okay, this is the time we're gonna take um to thank our supporters. Outspoken yes. receives support from Nine Bar and Bistro, featuring a full bar, food menu, and trivia on Thursday nights. Located at two three two West Sprague Avenue. More information is available at five zero nine seven four seven. One six two one. Outspoken received support from Instant Sign Factory, celebrating 25 years serving the Inland Northwest's indoor and outdoor sign needs. More information at one eight seven 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 eight. 7446 and online at instantsignfactory.com. Outspoken receives support from the Unitarian Universalist Church of Spokane, serving the community with a non-dogmatic religious environment, welcoming all people regardless of race, sexual orientation, gender identity, or physical ability. Information online at uuspokane.org or 509-325-6383. Outspoken is funded in part by the Pride Foundation. For more information, visit Pride Foundation. 
pridefoundation.org. I want to mention uh, congratulations to everybody who worked so hard. Pride Foundation has agreed to fund us for another year. Woohoo! And we are very grateful to them that they, they have stood behind us since year one. Yes, they have. Um, and that Pride means a lot to us. And Pride Foundation does such amazing work um, all over the community and all yeah. over the United States. Um, so they are just fantastic. Someone actually wrote me, uh, one of the people that wrote me a letter this week, uh, said, I want to know, you know, what can I do? Who can I volunteer with? Because sure. I don't want the bad stuff. Right. You know, right. I may have made this vote, but I, I also want to do this. And I sent her because she's in the Seattle area. And I said, you know what? We have friends at the Pride Foundation. They always have opportunities yep. to be out. So that's and that's only one of many organizations. Yeah, start there. But as we've said many a time, OK, so if you're going to write me and tell me that you love me and mm -hmm. that, listen, that's not what I voted for, then maybe it's time that we all get together and then prove that that's not the part that we voted for right, and right. help each other to make sure that my rights aren't repealed, yeah. that the mm -hmm. plan that's already in place by NOM, National Organization on Marriage, oh, uh, to repeal the Supreme Court decision on gay marriage, then let's do things to make sure the trans rights are protected and gay rights exactly. are protected so that exactly. only the good things that you say you voted for are the only things that happen mm -hmm. now i'm all for supporting that because i do believe i i believe that's not how it's going to go down but if we all get together and support those issues thank you so that thank i can you. continue to live my life as just right. a person well, then okay then let's get together on that there's our common ground there it is thank then you. that means you got you know what you got to put if your i'm money, important to you you, you do have this. to put your money where your mouth is though absolutely we have to so does everybody else. So right. as yeah. a as a united community, and you're you're so right. This is our opportunity to unite. I mean, mm -hmm. I read I read a beautiful article that said, "Listen, we can't. We're all the people that are saying Trump is not my president. They have the right to say that. They and do have a right. They are to not say going that. to unite under Trump. So maybe we find something that is more common. So ground what are like, you going to unite? Exactly. Um, yeah. Like human rights. Why right. are we not uniting over this? So Why let's is that find such our a big like we said. Let's find our likeness let's find yeah, yeah. our common ground exactly and let's build from there right and uh, we'll remember we'll, destruction only begets destruction that is you. through creation that lies thank life you. and building yeah. up of something new so yeah. let's find that creation and just like damon said you know in his uh <laughs> president trump stress disorder I, oh <laughs> I my god renamed so P many of us PTSD are feeling that to that so that many. was <laughs> exactly. it's a real it's a real thing yeah you really do have to you know focus whether on whether you think i need to suck it up or not it doesn't matter because it's still the the reality yeah. is i'm i'm Hi. having ptsd yeah exactly and it's it's not the you know the normal regular ptsd it's President Trump. Right, um, right. Stress, stress disorder. disorder. I love that. I love that. Okay, so we are going to take a time to um, kind of, kind of, you know, talk about artistic things, which we love. Exactly. We love. They're a great. Uh, great art is a great comment on society as it Thank is, you. no exactly. matter what it is. And it's so important. And so we're going to bring on uh, Morgan John Fox. He's a filmmaker and writer director from Memphis, Tennessee. Um, he's been named one of the 25 new faces of independent film by Filmmaker Magazine. And he's the director of new queer series called Feral, which is exclusively available on the gay focus streaming service uh, Deco.com. We're excited to welcome the inspiring. Morgan John Fox, Tailspoken. Uh, Morgan, are you there? I am here. Thank Hi. you so much. It's an honor to be on the show. Oh, oh well, we we're so excited you. that you took time out of your, what I'm sure, a busy life to spend time with the boys this morning. So thank, thank you for that. Now, no problem. we had the honor and privilege of seeing first season of this of this show that we're going to talk about today, and uh, which is exciting to us to have this conversation. But first, for our listeners who maybe haven't done that yet give us a feel for feral and the core group of characters that this first season revolves around 
Yeah, so I would say, you know, in terms of references, the shows that are out there, the HBO show Looking, or even Girls, mm-hmm. but set in the South, it's basically about a group of young 20-something artists living in Memphis, Tennessee, figuring out how to pay the rent, figuring out how to be good friends, good partners, and just in general, figuring out the rest of their lives, uh, you know, in the South, in the middle of the Bible Belt. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's, and smack dab in the middle there is is the thing. That's, that's right. Memphis, Tennessee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This ain't, ain't your typical um, arts community. There are some heavy themes that you deal with in, in this season of, of Feral. Um, loss is a huge one, and it seems to be a character on its own. What did you want to say with that, with uh, bringing, you know, loss into Feral at such a high, you know, high, high level? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, I just felt that, you know, I mean, you know, to give a little backstory, I, I came into filmmaking really as, as someone who wanted to tell my story, and really film was the only way I could figure out how to do it. When I first came right. out, I wrote a script instead of actually coming out. My first film oh, wow. was a little small digital film called Blue Citrus Heart, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, at the time I was like 18, 19 when I first started writing that, and I made it uh, when I was about 22. For sure. And um, and I've always dealt with themes of loss, and a lot of that comes, you know, dealing with just coming out and, and having my heart broken a lot. But also, when I was younger, I lost my mom, and that's always been something that's really impacted right, me. Right. And I've always kind of turned to writing for those things. And so it's always been a theme in my work in different ways it's manifested, but specifically in Feral, I wanted to show how someone deals and moves through loss. You know, what is right, the process right, of... Yeah. Uh, specifically as queer people, how do we define family and friend groups in a way that we, you know, get the support that we need and move through that? And so, and also, you know, that specifically loss is dealt with in Feral through a, a our main character, Billy, who's, mm-hmm. you know, spoiler alert, his relationship with his partner was lost to uh, suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so often in queer film or tv if if suicide is presented for example it generally has to do with being gay you know there's some kind of struggle with identity or being gay and to me that's just not i mean sure that exists that's a very real thing and and we have to pay heed to that but but you know uh mental illness is also just a very real thing that doesn't necessarily it's not tied in with being queer right so so i wanted specifically to Uh really investigate a character who was going through, uh, you know, dealing with mental illness and show how that affected uh, the relationship. But then, you know, for the person who was experiencing mental illness, but also for the partner of that person and how they worked through it and, and moved on and figured out ways to patch up, you know, and, and the ways they did that is through having close friends and being yeah, right. open about that. Well, and, and uh, you know, I think that's one of the hardest struggles that we deal with. You know? yeah. Absolutely. And one of the things I was uh, talking with Sergey about this um, after watching the show, you also don't deal with mental illness and depression in the Hollywood way. It's very real. I mean, you even in, in lines when, when um, <clears throat> the main character, Billy, is directing his show, talking about how giving them the motivation that this is the thing. It's not that he doesn't love the partner. It's that there just isn't, they just can't. They can't be motivated to do that because, and the way you show the character of Carl, that it's a, this is clinical depression and this is a real thing and there's, it was just a new way for me to see it. It wasn't hallmarked. It wasn't, you know, a sweet little greeting card. It was the reality 
of of this disease of depression and i i was very impressed by that reality yeah well thank you yeah i that was important to me you know i think that it is something that often isn't dealt with in a way that mm-hmm. i can identify with or ways that i've you know ha- had experience and friends etc and mm-hmm. i think that it's dangerous to to make false representations of right of uh, depression, because right, you know it's something that in episode four we kind of take a whole break in this series and just deal with mm-hmm. uh, sort of a, uh, it's a flashback, but it's not really done in a traditional flashback way, right? Um, and it's just the relationship of Billy and Carl, um, and 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 showing kind of how everything went down. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I play with in that episode is a sense of time that's lost, like yeah. space and time kind of jumps around you don't know when like how many years has this spanned right. you know and i think that that's a, a really potent thing about um having friends or or people that i know that have been in relationships that have dealt with depression is that there's this sense of of hopelessness because there's there's no real trigger there's not a real answer for like yeah. why are you depressed or right. you know it's not that something happened bad that day and they're mm-hmm. dealing with mm-hmm. it really darkly it's it's mm-hmm. that it's somewhat undefinable yeah sure. and uh you know that's hard. That's really hard because we want we all want answers. You yeah, know? yeah, and sometimes we do. It's just not answers. Well, and Carl even says at one point to Billy that his mm-hmm. need for him to be able to smile is a lot of pressure. That Carl just he needs him not to do that. Yeah, he needs to just be okay where he's at. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And I thought that was such a telling well, scene. I, you know, I love about the show is that we have you know episodes and scenes that are so you know deep and so emotional like that. And then you know one of my favorite scenes is where Billy and Daniel are interviewing for new roommates. It's quick and funny and <laughs> has those highlights. You know the characters and uh, personality really show. Um, how do you embody you know the little beats of humor um, while weaving through the less humorous notes that we just talked about? Yeah, so uh, to me, that was also really important because, you know, uh, as we start to talk about the heavy issues in the yeah. show right off the beat, yeah. I don't want to mislead everyone that it's just a total downer. I mean, <laughs> oh, I no. That, <laughs> sure. You know, <laughs> I mean, there, I knew that I was going to deal with some really heavy issues. I knew that mm-hmm. was important for the character art and the emotional tone of the show. Right. Um, specific, specifically in season one. And I knew that we had to have breaks from that, you know, for the audience to breathe, right? Uh, to laugh, but not only laugh just as an audience member, but to laugh with the characters and yes. understand that the characters were also having a good time because, yeah. you know, I feel like that's important in storytelling is, is if you laugh with an audience and an audience is, is able to open themselves up and laugh with you, then, right. then they'll also uh, cry with you. Exactly. You know? Yeah, yeah they, it's a safe place well and then i mean let's just talk about the city of memphis i mean it seems to lend itself perfectly to this tapestry of these characters lives really and as you've stated it isn't la and it isn't new york these kids live in the bible belt so acceptance and resources are not easily accessible and queer youth are left to raise themselves essentially so why do you feel it's important to highlight memphis as the background well memphis is my home I love this city so much. I've lived here my whole life. I've lived a couple other places, and I travel a lot. But but Memphis is absolutely 100% my home, and I have a mm-hmm. great affinity for this place. Mm-hmm. And sure. there's something magical about this city. You know, yeah, we don't have the resources that are in larger cities, that specifically cities that people identify with being queer positive and, and right. whatnot. And that is that something... Uh, sort of amazing comes out of that. There are organizations, there are great organizations that work for queer rights here, but, you know, the fact that 
we don't have huge, vast resources with lots of funding means that people have just found a way to bond together. Yeah. So there's a true sense of community here, and it's not just uh, the queer community. You know, for example, as an artist growing up in Memphis, I wasn't a, uh, in the queer arts community. I was just in the arts community. And right. surprisingly, being in Memphis and in the South, I was immediately accepted into the, in the arts community, into the film community, as a queer filmmaker, there was no heads nodded about that. I mean, it just happened right off the bat. And that's something I've always been really grateful for, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, if anything, I've struggled, and this is happening more now in my 30s, to really have uh, more gay friends. Because most of my friends have always been straight. <laughs> sure. and, uh, right. and it's never been an issue because there's so many loving, great, supportive people here in Memphis. Because mm-hmm. we're all just kind of smushed together and we all kind of figure out our own way. To make things work and and that's something that the characters of feral you know that's the world that they live in they're mm-hmm. artists they're queer artists but mm-hmm. you know the bars that they go to in season one specifically aren't gay bars you sure. know but any yeah. given night a bar in memphis where you're going to sing karaoke you'll look up and you're like wow this is like at least 50 50 gay and straight right. you know it's, right it's, it's something oh, really cool yeah <laughs> i love that do you <laughs> do you find that you know filming in memphis and having it be about memphis um, impacted um, the art scene that is going on there right now, um, real time, especially during the shooting process? Was there any um, direct impact there? Well, I mean, you know, Feral was, it's not a giant show, you right, know, well, it's yeah, not like a Netflix sure. size show, but certainly, I mean, that's what's really cool too is the arts community is really supportive. So what it did was, you know, a lot of people got excited and came on board. I mean, I had a, but it came down to, fully, uh, you know, casting the show and, and a lot of music. And so what I love about filmmaking is that it takes so many different areas, you know, it takes yeah. visual arts, it yeah, takes musicians, it takes yeah. actors, it takes crew members. And so we really, uh, we really were able to bring a lot of people together and we had so much support and, you know, we're excited to hopefully continue to do that in the future. Well, now I am known on our show as I am way too fascinated with words and I overthink everything. So I sure, it's am, true. It's just true. the concept of the name Feral just makes me so happy and then I can have a million conversations about it because it has such a meaning to so many of us queer people who really did have to raise ourselves, you know. But can you tell us how you came to that title for this show? Yeah, I was just... Uh, I was ruminating. Titles are really important to me, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I really sometimes don't even find them until I start shooting. Uh, it just has to really come to me. I can't force a title on anything. Right. Mm-hmm. But I started thinking about what I wanted to capture, and and I truly did. I started to think about growing up in Memphis in my early 20s, and I was like, wow, I walked everywhere, biked everywhere. You know, I lived here in the Midtown area that, that the show was shot in. I would walk to work at the coffee shop where all the kids hung out at, you know, and I was like, and then I see, you know, the, the literal example of, you know, feral cats, for example. Sure. Right. Just, you know, there's so many also in this neighborhood that just, they sort of bond together. They figure out where to eat, you know, mm-hmm. they're hanging out with each other and they're survivors. Yeah. And so there was a direct correlation to that. And, uh, you know, the characters aren't totally punk rock or, or like, you know, street kids or anything like that. But there is a sense of, you know, who is our family and what is our home? And and that, I think, specifically for queer people, you know, we def- we end up defining that in different ways. And we, yes. and we find our families and we find our 
sense of home and, and right. purpose in a way that that may be different for other communities. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and and coming out, I mean, it's it's always a difficult process. It's not easy, and you know, for many artists, it kind of informs their work. What parts of your coming out did you you know bring to this project, and um, do you think as an artist you you know even have a choice to to comment on those or not? <laughs> Well, I mean, it's interesting because I remember, you know, I mean, my very first film was about a character coming out. It was almost right. sure. totally auto- autobiographical. And that's changed a little bit over time, you know? Like, I think in Feral, characters aren't necessarily dealing with sexuality. I mean, they right. literally right. are just, they are who they are, and there's not a lot of real battles with that. You know, the right. characters themselves aren't struggling with, am I gay or not? If anything, right. it's, it's maybe other people who are conflicted or want, you know, specifically the character Carter, for example, everyone yes. wants him to define his sexuality. He yeah. sort of refuses to do it. Yeah, right. You know, we had that conversation that says, earlier. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we wanted to put him in a box. Kids today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, and so I, I think that's interesting. You know, I think kids today are, are much different in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they mm-hmm. feel maybe less of a need to sure. define themselves. Yeah. Uh, but then again, you know, you have issues like this current election and, and what just happened where I, I think those types of things can change. You know, people may yeah. be, want to be more visible, you know, because they still feel invisible in their own lives, you know. Yeah. Uh, so there's a sense of, uh, of not needing to define that, but I always, you know, I'm never going to make a film without queer characters. Right. You know, like, I, I just feel like that's who I am. That's a part of my life, you know. Right. I can be identified as a queer filmmaker. That's fine, you know. I would right. love to be able to make things in, in the mainstream that are fully uh, uh, accepted in that way and mm-hmm. accessible, but I, w- but I would never do that in a way of, to, like, put queer characters to, to the, you know, background, you know? Right. I just think that that's really important, and, and I don't, and I'm certainly not going to uh, depend on straight people to make films, yeah, authentic right. films about queer, queer communities, you yeah. know? Now, what what did you have? Did, what was the hope you wanted to accomplish with Feral? And do you think that now that it's out, that it's accomplishing what you wanted? Yeah, I mean, I you know, it's important for me to to tell stories that are a little bit off the grid. I've always really been prideful about the fact that mm-hmm. I'm a Southern filmmaker. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't think that there's enough films made in small towns that are authentic, you know, sure. that are truly made with those communities and telling stories that are of, you know, born within the, the people in the communities themselves. And so, uh, you know, and that's why I've sort of always resisted moving because I don't know, I mean, even if I moved somewhere else, I would probably still continue to come back here and tell stories that are what I feel is like small sort of fragile stories that are, that are small in a way that, that, you know, they're gentle and they, and they, they talk about what life really is like as opposed to, uh, some stereotype of what that life might be like, you know, from an outsider's point of view, right, for right. example. Yeah. So, y- so yeah, yeah. I I just want to like tell. I, I want more stories like that to be told, and uh, and so that's why I do it. And I feel like people are responding to that, and it's you know it's getting audiences, and so that's to me that is a success. Well, absolutely. I mean, it's only been a month since the release of Feral on Diku, and it's already one of the most popular shows on that streaming service. How how has that response alone? Um, resonated with you and you know the crew of Farrell. It's really cool. I mean, <clears throat> you know, we we have a great publicist and all the folks at Deku are yeah. really great. <clears throat> and so we've we've gotten lots of great feedback. We've had some amazing reviews, and 
and the press just in general has made you know the visibility at a, at a at a great high and so we all have responded really positively i mean everyone's super excited and uh you know it's 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 great i mean a lot of the actors had never even been several of them are working actors who now live in LA and whatnot but oh, wow. a lot of them are stage actors for example right. or right. non actors which is something that i always i love to work with people who've never acted before it's one of my right. passions but uh so you know we're really excited about that and we're you know, the main thing we're hoping for now is that we just can get to continue with future seasons to, to yeah. continue to make them. Yes, please. And they grow and reach more people every time. See, and I agree. Now, when working with a streaming service like Deku.com, do you deliver like at Netflix? Do you deliver the whole season at once so people binge watch it? Or how do, do people get at this? And then, of course, yeah, when we, is season two happening? <laughs> yeah, oh, that's, that's, we'll find out. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, but, uh... Yeah, so I, we made the whole thing here in Memphis, and it was always intended to be an original production of Deku. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they essentially came to me and got me to pitch them ideas. Right. And so nice. from the get-go, this this was the intention, and, and I produced the whole thing really like I would have produced feature films before. I mean, we shot mm-hmm. it in a, in a block of time. We didn't even shoot it episode for episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, we delivered the whole thing. The edit process was lengthy. I mean, it was a lot of work in the edit. Yeah, of course. And then, um, yeah, we delivered the whole thing, and now it's all eight episodes are streaming at once. You know, they're about 20-minute episodes, so mm-hmm. they're easily bingeable, and uh, I think they're best they're best uh, viewed in, in that format of watching yes, them back-to-back in yeah. one or two sittings. <laughs> I agree. That I agree. And, and that's how Jonathan and I did it. We watched it, you know, episode one through episode eight. And it, you really do need to see the whole arc of it oh, um, amazing, to connect man. because by the last episode, you're like, I everything fits. I get it. This is, this is so good. I love <laughs> Thank it. You. Yeah. 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 So how can people go and see Pharaoh? I mean, we talked about Deku. Is that the only uh, place to go see it? And, you know, where can they see more from you specifically? Yeah, so you go to Deku.com. I mean, Deku is also an app. Anywhere you would view Netflix um, or Hulu, you can download the Deku app on Apple TV, Roku, uh, you know, your any of your smartphones. Um, there's an app, and there is a, uh, you know, it's a subscription-based model like Netflix is. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, there's like a 14-day free trial. Yes. So you can try it out and uh, hopefully continue to subscribe. I get... A taste. Episode one is on YouTube, nice. um, and so you can view the entirety of episode one if you just Google "feral" episode one, um, and and try that out. About sixty thousand people have watched it so far, so that's cool. That's amazing. Um, and and then the rest of my work, I mean, it's it's all around. It's spread out. I mean, you can see my films on Amazon mm-hmm. um, and certain streaming apps. Uh, Deku actually acquired my first film, Blue Citrus Heart. Nice, oh. and they're and they're in the process of um, acquiring my third film, OMG, Ha Ha Ha. I love that title. I love that, yeah. That's perfect. <laughs> it resonates really well with it. us. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, and I, I made a documentary uh, several years ago. It took about six years to make called This Is What Love in Action Looks Like. Mm. Oh, wow. About a 16-year-old teenager um, in Memphis who came out to his parents, and then they ended up, uh, sending him to a religious based based program to mm-hmm. attempt to make him straight essentially, oh, yeah. and um, yeah. it became a big international news story. And I, um, you know, ha- had the inside uh, look at that and uh, made that documentary. And it's kind of a wild story. The guy who ran the camp eventually 
denounces the organization, yep. comes out of the closet. It's a, it's a wild ride. And uh, that um, is also an Amazon and uh, TLA releasing uh, distributes that. Oh, my gosh. Well, it sounds like everybody's going to have to check out all of your work, not just Farrell. But we thank you, uh, Morgan John Fox, for taking time out of your Sunday and calling us uh, from the from the south up to the northwest. <laughs> right, so. exactly. And we love your show, and we we're really it. hoping they give you a green light because we are waiting for season two. Must happen. <laughs> That'll be so exciting, yeah. and, and, and we'll, we should have another conversation about it then. Definitely. Yes, absolutely. Like, it's a deal. It's a deal. Thank you, sir, so much. Yeah, y'all are great. Thanks so much. <laughs> All right. Thank you. You have a Bye. great day. Bye-bye. And that was Morgan John Fox. If you just tuned in, he is a filmmaker, writer, director from Memphis, Tennessee, who did Feral, a great queer uh, oh, TV it's show. So, it's it's really good. And you're, uh, he's right in that it mixes the, the humor with the, the heavy um, themes in that show oh, of and, Lost. And but we're talking heavy. Yeah. It's fascinating. And I will be forever fascinated and want to have a million conversations about this concept of Feral, which so many... Uh, of us queer people really were feral creatures because we had no guidance and we mm-hmm. had to raise ourselves. And I absolutely think that's brilliant. Some of us still are and will refuse to ever be tamed. <laughs> I'm a wild dog. <laughs> and we're about to get up and get down. I just did. It you happened. Did. I, I yeah, saw it. I got up it and wasn't got the down. right kind of get down. You trip, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's Jonathan dancing uh, for you. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> First of all, so much fun. That is uh, one of our interns. He likes that song. Y- yes. Yeah, yeah. I know. He's, he mentioned he's, it. He's been dancing in the background. I know. I'm excited. Up, this has been a down. crazy fun show. Actually, just a bit, we are going to be talking to Q-Boy himself. We will. Yeah. about Because it's the first EP that he's let out in five years. Which is, so congrats. And we've like, had Caswell well on a number of times. And we and love Caswell. This is the beginning of what offer, you know, basically gave a platform for Caswell to do the great yeah. music that he's doing. Yeah. But it started with Q-Boy. That's right. That's right. Thanks, Q-Boy. He also has a great accent. I'm just saying. I love it. Um, So, yes, it's been a, well, fun show, parts of it, and then (laughs) other parts of it not so fun. And um, I think we will definitely be talking a little bit more about the not so fun here in a bit. Right. And we're going to have many conversations over the next long time. Uh, Listen, Um, it's not. Oh, here's the thing. We have four years of this and we're going to milk every every moment to talk about it. We are going to do one of the things we do want to remind you that, hey, Outspoken has our own uh, uh, action plan to roll out there. We will be rolling it out within the next two weeks. But the first part is it's going to come to leadership. So it's going to come to right now. We need to identify within our community who the progressive, who the positive, who the passionate, who the people with vision are. Mm -hmm. And if they're not already in leadership positions, we need to we encourage need to them there. because they need to start. And then we need to build up those that are already there because that's how we are going to begin to make the changes by putting the people exactly. who will put humanity first in office. So that's what we can do. That is what we can do on a daily level, on a local level. That's yeah. what we can't. So well, let's focus on what we can do. Let's put the values exactly we say right. we want in the people that we put up there, but you have to support those who are willing to stand up and do that for you. And we've, you know, we've always talked about holding our leaders accountable. Yes. This is the best of times to be doing that. Yeah. Hold your mayors, hold your senators, hold your legislators, your all city of them council. Exactly. All go meet them. with them. Go talk to them. Go give them phone calls every single yeah. night if you can. Call them up and be like, listen, are you sleeping? Because get yeah. up, you messed up. Well, we had okay, John, how about that? When we had John Snyder, who is a former city council member on, he talked about people who would visit him every day. 
That's right. They yeah, there, there. there are. Because here's the thing. Their office is, is open. They're supposed it's to take public. It. You know what? We have flown to Olympia before to meet our representatives That's, because yeah. they have visiting hours where you could just get a show up, sign up, and be there. Mm-hmm. We have done that. Um, certain ones maybe didn't show up for maybe the Maybe they had a big bathroom they were break av- that was Yeah, they were avoiding long. us, but guess what? We still showed up. That's right. <laughs> You know what? Next time, but, just leave a bunch of little like notes in there. You know, yeah, just take the like little cranes. Post it. Note the exactly. door like to death. Because yeah. my favorite one with him was it was like open oh. door policy, but his door was closed. Yeah, and I was like, what? <laughs> That's What's happening right how now? does this make sense? Open door closed. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it. Oh boy, shut yeah. the door on the open door policy. Right. I. You know what? I'm a big. I'm a big fan of office pranks, like from the show The <laughs> Office. So next time, oh, how I'm... about we just bring a bunch of Jello and put his stapler in Jello and say, <laughs> I love that one. I saw that. Yeah. How about that? Or put his gun in Jello. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, we know who we're talking about. How about, about? that? Mache. So yeah, it's no secret. <laughs> no, no, it's no. Um, but you're right. Like we do have to bring up the leaders that are going to lead us um, in the and future. Support them. And you know, you and I have had this conversation. I mean, how many times before before the election? Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you know, it takes something big for us to shift how we think. Yeah. For us to shift what, how we do things. A paradigm and to shift break takes a great big yeah. exactly to break the the system, the status mm-hmm. quo. And I I strongly believe that sometimes when things seem like they're falling apart, they're really falling into place. Right. And this is that kind of time where yeah. I think we might be falling into place. And, it's and we time, should take that. And we need to take that momentum yes, and say. Thank you. That's why I'm like, let's just the one thing we I think most of us can agree on is oh something went, something's oh, wrong. Yeah. Like something is broken because the mm-hmm. the ship is rattling oh, that's exactly and it's right. shaking. So we can agree that obviously something's wrong. Yeah. And so now let's start from there mm-hmm. and go, okay, well, how do we fix what's wrong? How do we do that? Yeah. That's way more important. Absolutely. Um, and the, the conversation together. I would much rather love my neighbor mm. than like b- hateful and spiteful and throw bricks and w- right. what right. first of all that sounds exhausting to me so i'm not about <laughs> and also i don't have enough money for all those bricks no, guys come on they're I expensive don't. these days exactly girl get so, with it girl get with and it. and i you know what here's the thing here's the thing meet your neighbor first meet them meet go them. we talked about the humanity go find yeah. out what makes you similar right. go find out your interests if you both like playing hockey if you both like right. um watching rupaul's go do that together why do that stuff? Why do I get letters from people who say you're my only gay friend? Oh my! Well, God. thank goodness I did something where you <laughs> were like, "Oh wait, you're kind of cool. You make me laugh. Yeah. Maybe I'll talk to you." We need more of that. We do. Yeah. You know, and I said, I first want open. to tell you thank you. Secondly, I want to say maybe part of the problem is I'm your only gay friend. Mm. So yeah, let's, let's start fix there. that. And then, but you know, but that's the conversation, right. and we get to joke and we get to have that, and it's a real okay. I hear you because you know, you know, and that's what we need. You need to yeah. know each other. Yes, thank you, yeah. thank you. And I think of all times, I I'm always reminded of you wearing your rainbow bracelet. It's um, still got it's, it. You still got it <laughs> because it's that you know what. No matter what, I'm going to be open and proud yeah. and loud about it. And it's scary sometimes. And absolutely. <laughs> I'm like, oh, why are you looking at my wrist? Don't kill me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but let me be. Oh, so here oh, we've boy. talked. I put it on. The day of Pride, which was the day before Pulse happened. That's right. And then I wrote an article in the Spokesman, and I said I can't take it off because Pulse needs to because be remembered. Pulse and then remember. mm-hmm. this was bought for me by my friend Tim. So then Tim died, and I'm like, well, now I can't take it off, you know, because it's my friend Tim. I yeah. need to remember him. And then this went down, and I'm like, basically, I'm never taking <laughs> You're glued this off to it. ever. It'll disintegrate ever. on your body. So every time I think, yes, I thought about that this morning. I'm like, I, I thought. 
when is the time to take mm, it's gonna be a long time so it's just gonna like i'll well, be in the shower years. one day yeah. and it like just turns to <laughs> rainbow dust yeah it's just yeah probably right probably. yeah so that so i have to wear this yeah. so people say why do you wear your sexuality on your sleeve well there's the three reasons why and mm. i'm gonna keep doing it exactly please so, please do and right. you know for for people like you and me there's there's no more chances to be like oh no just kidding i don't want to be open about right. this no right. Yeah, I mean, we wouldn't want to, but we have been right. so loud that so we're going to have to be loud. Someone came to you on Facebook forward. and said, um, why do you always have to talk about <sighs> this every day? Oh well, here, gosh. first of all, I'm funny, so you're welcome. <laughs> Second of all, I'm passionate and you're welcome again. Yeah. Third of all, if you don't have to read my Facebook page. And yep. that's fine, because here's Listen, the thing that's not going to happen. True. I'm going to keep talking. Yeah. Because the responsibility is to action. I told a friend down in Phoenix the other day complacency is a luxury we no longer have mm-hmm. the time for your responsibility now is in action yeah. period and i take that very seriously so complacency and quiet no i'll still be funny i'll still yes. be passionate Thank but if you, you're going to read my facebook page you're also going to hear right. every day why i think it's important that and we continue to come together in unity and hope all of us yeah not just one group no all of every us. single one and you and i have a platform you and i have yes this and we're lucky right here we're on air right now we get to talk to people three years we three built years. this who knew why then here it is and here we go right and we have okay. and we have a voice on facebook you know it's funny yeah i i've been posting um videos for every every day since yes you, know you what. have um and it's been getting pretty good response but i've seen you know some people start off with the first one there are some hateful comments there are some yeah, people that were not was, happy with that. I, it took there all were... my strength not to tell those people <laughs> off when i'm reading them I'm like, i love that you didn't um mm, I but i wouldn't mad. have stopped you if you I did i'll just say <laughs> yeah i was not happy. and and um you know it's kind of funny to see who likes it and then what kind yeah, of comments and yeah. then their facebook posts are well i don't understand why people have to say this thing right right and then i just want to to tell everybody to quickly go to day three exactly where sergey is (laughs) going to help you see he's gonna wrap some hamilton i think that was he's gonna throw down well yeah but it was amazing and i'm like watching the comments i'm like do not detract from this amazingness i know because i will excuse me somebody out there watch i've heard you rap the whole soundtrack I had the I've entire. Been, it's a two-hour-long show, and I can get do the whole into thing. it. And the, <laughs> it's a very appropriate song that you it do. Is, but yeah. go watch Sergey rap Hamilton because it's awesome. Yeah, and before before you comment on any of my rap skills, yes, I am white, but B. Um, <laughs> B came out of nowhere. I, um, I know you. Go, I also I was, did not rehearse you. that one with the full orchestra. No, and it was amazing. So how about that? But it was amazing, and it was <laughs> needed. You. But you know what? Talking about uh, guys who have a lot of talent and own what they have and own aren't it. afraid of it. We are going to welcome special musical guest Q-Boy, who's going to give us a little information about his new EP, the uh, a project he hasn't done for five years. He's back out. He's been busy doing other things. He's gonna, we're going to let him introduce a song from the new EP for us. So, Q-Boy, are you there? I am. Huh? How are you doing? Wonderful. Fantastic. How are you, sir? I'm great. It's uh, it's uh, late uh, in the evening here in London. Oh, that's right. And oh. we're still in like oh, daytime. Yeah. So first of all, let's start with, uh, before we get right to introducing a song from this new EP, why five years? Well, it's, it's more of a personal journey. I went through a lot of difficult things uh, about five years ago and kind of got broken down to ground zero Mm -hmm. so it's been a personal journey for me to kind of get back on the horse get myself up to speed uh to gain confidence back enough to 
to want to do music and perform. And, and it's sort of taken that amount of time for me personally, but also taken that amount of time for me to, to get this five uh, video mm -hmm. project together because I'm an independent artist. So doing everything on your own, it takes a lot yes. of time and a lot of money. Absolutely. You have to live in between that. But. And we're all about you taking time, you know, people taking time for their own personal selves because take care of yourself so that you can produce more art. And, yeah. I, you know, you're so right. It does take that time. Well, we're excited. We've had uh, Caswell on many, many times, and I know he wouldn't even be where he is except that you helped pave the way for queer hip-hop, really, uh, artists well, out there. Yeah, I mean, Caswell was an inspiration to me because he was in the band uh, with Krasta Yo, Moreplay. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and I was, at the time, an editor of uh, GayHipHop.com, which nice. was literally the only queer hip-hop mm -hmm. thing on the internet at the time <laughs> it's like 2001 wow. so, sure yeah <laughs> um it was uh, we sort of came up really at a very similar time and i started sort of recording and releasing music around the same sort of time as well so mm -hmm. he definitely has been an inspiration to me as well and he's he's amazing we love his music and we love your music so let's let's go ahead and introduce um music makes us dance and tell us why this is such an important song and then we'll play it a Music Makers Dance out of the five uh, tracks and videos on the King project. Uh, this was the first one I made, and it was really about my experience of being in India and realizing that dancing, which is something I've always done, I studied it as a degree level. It's 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 probably the most the thing I connect with the most in life. Dancing for me, when I really dance properly and, and take the ego out of the equation, is a very spiritual thing, and it's almost a form of meditation. Nice. So the song is a is a fun urban slightly old school garage sounding track but the, the lyrics really are about spirituality and connection unity through dance and through music and how we all connect when we're in, in, in an environment singing and dancing together that's amazing well thank you sir for sharing your uh new song with us here today on outspoken i'm sure we'll be talking a lot more in the future thank you so much thank you and have a good here day it is Listen, let me just tell you right now that tell we can us. be passionate about politics and still have a really good time. I know, because I mean, music makes it dance. We laugh a lot. Well, because <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the thing. Okay, you ready? You ready? I'm Listen ready. You can't, you can't pause real life and your real Ugh, um, everyday things because mm -hmm. of something like that. Because guess what? He's there for four years. That's half of my 20s. So now we, I am mm, not going to not go out. I, it, am not, I have drinks to it's drink. It's half okay? of my 20s as well. <laughs> and my and, 20s might be the sequel, but it's still my 20s. <laughs> 20s but the sequel. the truth is you're right. Life doesn't pause. Doesn't and that's pause. why we figure out what we can do now do, that exactly. something is done and still... Still have your find fun. the reason that Take you your love breaks. to Do be the alive. connections. Exactly. Yeah. Dance because you have to. You yeah. have to. And listen, I'm just telling you right now, the holiday show um, that we're putting lots of stories together from our, some of our favorite guests. Listen, you're going to want to tune into that because they are going to help you do some fun things for That's your right. holiday. Damon L. Jacobs. I'm just saying. <laughs> you're going to want to tune in just to hear how Damon celebrated the holidays. And yes, it's how sure, I would sure. like to celebrate my future forever. Yeah, please do. <laughs> I would I would encourage anybody celebrating their mm -hmm. future. And you know how I'm going to start it? I'm going to go talk to Q-Boy because he's going to help me. Uh -huh. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, have you seen the pictures of him? Yeah, if you, you have look it up. Please, yeah. look it up. It's, yeah. he's, he's my new friend. Mm, he's gorgeous and he doesn't like clothes. So that's... He doesn't <laughs> like clothes. And you know what? Yeah. I support that. That is something I have decided I is a priority for me. Yeah, not like for clothes. him. Yeah. No, not just him. I just support <laughs> not, him not wearing clothes. Him not liking clothes. I got it. I was confused <sighs> for a second. So this is what I tell our listeners right now. Yeah. This week. Okay. Find something positive. Please. Please. To get behind 
and do something. We I wrote an article called Do Something. So I want you to yeah. go out there and find something positive, whether it's going to that peaceful protest on Saturday where Sergey and I will be there. We will. But find something positive that you can do that will change your world. Yeah. Do it. Exactly. Connect with people. Go, you know, go have dinner with a friend that you haven't had right. dinner with. I, I, I had to do that. Make um, a friend. A few nights ago. Make a friend. Oh, make a friend. Go and do that. I yes. think that would be perfect. Um, <laughs> what a thing. better time than now. Yeah. I, it's funny. because I find connection. <laughs> right. I, I connected with a friend just uh, who, who I haven't seen in a while um, just a little bit ago. And you forget how much fun you have with people yeah. when you don't. You know, see them for a while, you, and you forget yeah, that connection. Yeah. It's so nice to relive it um, mm-hmm. and to have really good memories. Yes, it is, and make new again. ones exactly. Um, but don't forget, do that this week. But then join us on Sunday because we are going to be talking to Austin Head, uh, and we'll talk to him about positive youth. And then also, we're going to talk to Moms Demand Action. Uh, we're um, going to talk gun control, which are going to be very important. That's going to be an interesting conversation with what's coming as well. Yeah, we're always right because you know how we feel about guns, <laughs> right? <laughs> we don't have a feeling about them, none, because they don't exist in our lives.